first met Donna and Jody about three and a half years ago, I think it was, online on Facebook, of all places. And it was on an online Bible study that a friend had referred me to. And I had never done Bible study like that before, but it, was, it really drew me in, and I really, really got a lot out of it. And then they had one in person in Runnett Rapids, so me and my friend traveled to Runnett Rapids, and I met them, and it was like almost instant friends. That's just how they made you feel. And since then, we've done Bible studies there. We've done the women's conference that they had and pop-up Bible studies, and they've been here. This makes their, if we count Kelly's pop-up study, four times that they've been here with us. So they should be like family to us now, but they always say Jody speaks and Donna sings, but I think they both do both very, very well. So we are in for a treat. Anything I've ever been to, the pop-ups, which are just one night at somebody's home, at Starbucks, <laughs> at church, they were at our fashion show. Anything I've ever been to, I have truly been touched by what the Lord has led for them. And I know today is going to be no different. We thank y'all so much for being here, and it will be a true blessing what they bring to you. So everybody, Jody Barrett and Donna Fender of Faithfully Following Ministries. This thing on? Oh. Good morning. So in your bulletin, you'll see that it says um, Donna Fender and Jody Barrett without an E are going to sing, and we forgot to bring Jody without an E, so you just get me to sing, and the Jody Barrett with an E will come and speak. Jody said, I'm not singing, and I was like, well, maybe you should. So then I had to excuse myself a few minutes ago. She said, hurry up and come back. So I don't know if y'all saw me going. I know how to make her sweat real good. Um, so it's so wonderful to be back this morning with you guys. Um, last time we were here, we were here for the WMU Focus weekend or Saturday or what was it called? Whatever it was. It was great. Whatever it was. It was like the... Annual meeting. See, I knew she could tell me what it was. The associational meeting, yes, where there were more churches that came. Um, and that was a great time. At that time when we were here, my husband had recently stepped away from his position as a youth minister, like, what, a week before that? And so I was going through a lot myself, um, personally. And so, you know, that was a that was a hard weekend or hard Saturday for me to be here because I was like, you know, I'm not really feeling it. Not going to lie to you. Um, don't know if I can really sing about God when I don't feel like things are going the way they're supposed to be going. But in, in good and true God fashion, God always shows up when he's supposed to. Um, he's never not. I'm going to be reading from Lamentations real quick before I sing this song. When Jody told me earlier this week, she said, well, you know, you got that one song that I'm supposed, that you're supposed to sing. I told you to sing. So she picked out the one song for me. And she said, the other one, I can't tell you what to do. And I was like, okay, well, good. She said, all I know is that you're supposed to sing a hymn. And I thought, well, there's probably about 827 of those, if not more. And I was like, all right, Lord, show me what you want me to do. So he brought me in Lamentations in chapter 3. Verse 25, and this is the verse that I wrote down and circled, and right beside it I wrote, 2017, Justin, that's my husband, Justin's job loss, and it says, 
The Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the soul who seeks him. Right above that, if we begin in verse 22, it says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. is thy faithfulness oh God my father there is no shadow of turning with thee thou changes not thy compassions they
with my hands, so this is always this is always kind of funny. Every once in a while I'll be speaking, and y'all aren't going to hear me, because all of a sudden my hands will do like this, and I'll be, oh yeah, the microphone. Uh, we once had a speaker come to our church, and she adored a handheld microphone. It was like she was in love with it. She knew how to work it. I just have to remind myself that it has to be here to work correctly. Can y'all hear me? It is so good to be here this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We do feel like family, Michelle, and... um. Gosh, I didn't even realize our history goes back quite a ways. And I was noticing many familiar faces this morning as you were all coming in. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, I remember seeing her to pop up or I remember seeing her at a fashion show. Um, There's some of you, though, that I don't recognize. And it's because you're men. (laughs) And God called us into ministry for women. And so what I usually have to say is if you'll just do me a favor... Like, reach over to the nearest woman and ask her for her lipstick. I got to take her. I got to take her. Sometimes I never get a take her. You know, if you would just put that lipstick on, then I might recognize you. Or at least I'll feel a little bit better up here with my pounding heart syndrome. Um, Donna and I are so very different from one another. Donna is calm, cool, collected. And yes, she likes to make me sweat by doing things like running off to the bathroom right before she's supposed to sing. And Michelle is right, I can sing. You just don't necessarily want to hear it. 
But I will when God asks me to because I will be courageous for him, and we're going to talk about that this morning. I'm so excited to get to come back and talk to you again about the WMU watchword. The last time that I was here for the associational meeting, um, Debbie, we, we got to talk about the watchword, and I was looking it up online because I did not think it had changed yet. And I was so excited that it was still, by all means, out of 1 Corinthians because we get to kind of extend our time together. Um, and y'all are going to see me do this a lot, too, because something happened since the last time I was here. My daughter got engaged, and I got older. That will age you really fast, Aunt Paula. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I do not, I am not old enough to have a daughter who is engaged, right, Treva? How did that happen? My sister's here. We're going to have to talk about that later at lunch, Melanie, because... I'm still thinking I'm not that old. She's my younger sister, in case you're wondering. And right now, she wants to run out the back door because as nervous as I get, she certainly does not like to be put in the spotlight. But I'm glad that my sister and my brother-in-law are here, and I thank them for their support. Um, Let's get started. First of all, ladies, raise your hands. Come on, higher. Now, I am really, really easy to get along with. I put very little pressure on you. I noticed in your bulletin that March the 10th, Phyllis Elvington is coming. You cannot be shy around her. You cannot be shy around her. You cannot hide your Bibles from her. So if you showed up here today without a Bible, I'm not going to say a word because I'm going to read straight from mine and you can listen. I mean, yes, I encourage the bringing up. Phyllis, she's going to call you out if you do not have your Bible. Now, I do not say that to discourage you from coming in March. She is one of my favorite people ever. So if you have not signed up or done whatever you're supposed to do to come to this lunch, like I'm like, Donna, we got to come. Can, can like guests come? Okay, all right, just, just making sure because I love Phyllis. I love Phyllis. Phyllis has taught me so much over the years. Let's get right into it. The last time I was here, we talked about 1 Corinthians 9, 22 through 23, which basically tells us to find a common ground with everyone we can. By all means, share the word of God so that some can be saved. That's, just, that's it in a nutshell. That's it in a nutshell. And I reflected on that verse as I looked it up, and I asked myself the honest question. I said, Jody, have you done that since you last talked that message? Have you done that? And I said, sometime I have. But there's been opportunities I've missed if I reflect honestly, because living like Jesus is a challenge. It's hard. It's difficult sometimes. It's, it's, isn't it? Or am I the only one? Am I the only one that sometimes turns away from the things that he calls us to do by all means to share the word of God so that others will know him? Some days I do really good at this, and other days I fail greatly. The key is to continue to be faithful to follow, to continue to learn his word every day, And to grow closer to him so that we can be more like him. And the greatest way we can do that, I have found, is to study his word. And we're going to do that together today. It takes courage to serve Jesus the way that he calls us to. Courage to overcome our fears. I saw some of you ladies 
in the choir this morning, that's not your natural place, is it? Some of you, like others, would be like Donna and just love it. And then there's those that are like, she made me do it. And I'm going to try really hard to look natural up here, but this is way out of my comfort zone. It takes courage, and we have to overcome our fears. It takes courage to stand up for Jesus when the world tells us to what? Back down. It takes courage to be different. Just recently, I found myself at a public event, and I heard God tell me that I was supposed to speak to someone. And this someone was completely different than I was, or at least I thought. It was a man, for one thing, and he was a different color than I was. And I knew God said I was supposed to speak to him, but I turned the other way. And then I heard God say again, you need to speak to him. Okay, God. So I turned, and I took a deep breath, and I put on a big smile, And I approached him, and I started a conversation. And we ended up having a common ground. We both had children. You see, the verse in 1 Corinthians tells us to have common ground, to find a common ground with everyone so that we can share God's word. I didn't really have to search very hard. God gave it to me right away. We both had children. In fact, mine were nearby. So I was even able to point to them when he asked me if I was on Snapchat. And for those of you who might be even older than me and not know what that is, this was my response to him. No, I'm too old for that. But my children are on Snapchat. I I let them have Snapchat. I said, I'm old, so where do you think you can find me? And he kind of looked at me puzzled. I said, where do you think you can find me? And he said, Facebook. (laughs) where Michelle found us, and I said, yes, Facebook. That's one of the places that Donna and I share the word of God every day. I said, I'm also on the gram. Now, see, I knew that was a little bit younger than Facebook, you know, so I could be a little bit more hip because this guy was pretty hip. He was hip, and he was into music, and, and his children, while we had that commonality, mine being Gosh, they're not even teenagers anymore. Um, mine being almost grown, grown. Lord, Aunt Paula, help me. Um, and his being little bitty like like the little girl that's got on the snow white dress today. We had common ground. I said, I'm on the gram. He said, really, what's your name? Because sometimes when you're on social media, your name's not your name, okay? My name on Instagram is not Jody, with an I or an I-E. Our name on Instagram is faithful to follow. Faithful, the number two, follow. And he looked at me and he said, are you faithful? And I stumbled over my words a little bit and I said, I I try to be to God. And my husband, I pointed to my husband who was next to me. Because, y'all, this was an uncomfortable situation, right? You know, like women don't go over and speak to men they don't know, right? When their husband's two feet away. I tell you, when I got back, he looked at me and he said, who was that? (laughs) And then later, I didn't even have this written down. This is what God does. Later, my my daughter said, um, as we were explaining the story, she looked at her daddy and she said, daddy, is everything going to be about ministry? I said, yeah, everything's going to be about Jesus because that's what he's called us to do is to be different and to stand out for him. But the point of this story is that God gave me common ground. 
And that's what I'm supposed to be looking for in 1 Corinthians. I didn't have to dig very hard for it. He showed it to me. Now, this person, so very different from me that I found I had common ground for, did follow me on Instagram. He followed our ministry. I saw it pop up just a few days later. Somebody had followed us, and so I looked to see who it was, and I thought, I recognize that name a little bit. So I popped over to see who it was, and I saw a familiar face. And two beautiful girls and a whole lot of pictures that I would never look at. I took a deep breath and I said, God, use it. He's following my feed now. Every day he's going to see and hear the word of God. You know what he said to me that day when I told him I was on Instagram? He said, I'm going to follow you. I only follow four people, he says. I looked. He really does only follow four people. If you're older and you don't understand what that means on social media, it means he looks for followers because he knows who he is, and he's not looking to follow anybody else in their way. Do you think he chose to follow one person that knew God, or do you think God orchestrated that meeting that day? And all God asked me to do was one simple thing. Jody, turn around and talk to him. I hope today when you leave here that you will want to make courageous encounters like that with people that you encounter because like my friend Lynn Cowell who wrote the Bible study Make Your Move that Don and I are currently teaching 30 women in says that when we step out in courage, it creates a ripple effect. When one person steps out, another person steps out and another person steps out and we create a chain. And what happens when we link pieces of a chain together? It gets stronger and unbreakable, and it can do great things. And so today I want us to discover four women in the Bible who created their own chain of courage with God. And so we're going to start in the book of Exodus chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. But I'm going to read the whole story. Don't freak out. (laughs) I'm going to read from chapter 115 to chapter 2 and verse 10 because I want us to meet and discover four courageous women that I think if you will take the time to get to know, male or female out there, I know this is Women's Sunday, but men, I hope will encourage your heart also. We will leave here being more courageous, to live like Christ and to love like Christ. Verse 15, Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shifra and Puah, when you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver, and if the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God. Underline that. Because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders, and they allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? In other words, why have you gone directly against what I commanded you to do? And the Hebrew women, and, and they responded, the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They are more vigorous and they have their babies so quickly we cannot get there in time. So God was good 
to the midwives. And the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, underline that, because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. And then Pharaoh gave this order to the people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you can let the girls live. Well, about this time, this is in chapter 2, and if you're following along with me and you're not quite sure what version I'm reading, I'm reading the NLT, the New Living Translation. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman, not named here, but I'm going to tell you it's Jochebed, the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby, and she kept him hidden for three months And when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds in the bank of the Nile River. The very river that Pharaoh had demanded all the male babies be thrown in when they were born. The baby's sister, not named here, but I'll tell you she's Miriam then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. And soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the river bank. And when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. And when the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. And then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find someone to nurse the baby? Should I find a Hebrew woman to nurse the baby? She asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. And so the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. How about that? I will pay you for your help. So the woman took the baby home and nursed him. And later when the baby was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her own son. And the princess named him Moses for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Four women's courageous acts led to the birth of Moses And a lot of us know the rest of his story. And this is who God would use as a rescuer. I see three different things in this story that I want to quickly share with you. And then I see four things God will do for us if we will step out in courage when he asks us to. I see that when we have courage to choose God's way over man's way, over the world's way, that type of courage has to come from fear of God. Those two times I asked you to underline something, it said they were able to stand up and do what Pharaoh had told them not to do, which was to save the male babies. Because why? Because they feared the Lord. It wasn't that they were afraid of him. It's that they stood in awe and wonder of him. They loved him and they wanted to do his way. If we are going to be courageous for the Lord, sometimes... We're going to have to go against man because we fear the Lord more and we want his way to prevail. Secondly, I see that we must stand firm. We have to stand firm in our faith. 
And I'll tell you mine and Donna's verse for that later. And thirdly, I see that when we trust God's protection in all courageous situations, he will bless us. He will bless us and he will bless others. And we're going to see that today as well. The four things that I see that God will do for us, us the courageous men and women stepping out for faith, just looking for common ground so that we can share the Lord, so that someone may be saved, living out the watchword by all means. The four things I see that he will do for us, if you're taking notes, he will strengthen us. He will stretch us. He will supply us. And he will, my favorite, surprise us. He will surprise us. Did you know that was what I was going to say? Y'all see those flowers would have already been gone, right? (laughs) He will stretch us, supply us, and surprise us. If we look back at the four women starting with strengthened, the midwives, Shifra and Puah, I told Donna, I said, really, why could they not be like Shirley and Pam? I mean, that is enough, Melanie, to not you know, make you not want to come and share the word. I have to say Shifra and Puah like over and over and over again, and I'm like, I'm going to mess that up. They were strong enough to go against Pharaoh's orders, weren't they? And if Pharaoh could order people to kill babies, then Pharaoh could do pretty much anything he wants, I would think. But they feared the Lord and not man, and they saved the babies because of their strength that came from the Lord. We know from the scripture that they feared him. Jochebed, the mother in the story, she gave birth, saw that she had a boy. And can you imagine on the day of your child being born, you don't get flowers, you don't get food, you don't get celebration. You have to decide if you're going to hide the baby. Or tell somebody about the baby. And she hid the baby. She had to hide the baby. She had to have the courage to hide the baby. For three months. Can you imagine how difficult it would be to hide a baby? For three months. Especially since people probably noticed that, you know, you kind of went from here to here. And, you know, and then there's that crying thing that gets in the way when you're trying to hide a baby. And then we have Miriam, who was also courageous. Now, the text doesn't tell us that they had the love and the support and strength of this whole community that was helping them do this. We don't know that about Jochebed and Miriam. So we have to assume that God was strengthening them to do this. We have to assume that that's where their strength came from. And our strength can come from the Lord. I want to give you some scriptural encouragement that you can take home with you today. And the first one I want to give you is Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. And it says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. The Bible tells us over and over again that we do not have to be afraid. When we go off to college, we don't have to be afraid. When we take a new job, we don't have to be afraid. When our husband steps away from his ministry, we don't have to be afraid. When we change anything in our life or act any way in our life for God, we don't have to be afraid because he promises us in Isaiah 41.10 that he will be with us. He will be with us. Shifra and Puah were strong enough 
to save the babies. But guess what? I told you God would do after he strengthened us. I did like this. What's he going to do? Going to stretch us. You know, he's just not satisfied, is he? <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you know, he's really just not satisfied with me walking over and speaking to one person I don't know. He then, you know, wants me to come back and witness to my daughter as to why I did it. And he wants me to share it with you all. I mean, he continues to stretch me into situations that I'm not always comfortable with. And he'll do the same for you. Don't back away, though. Because when he stretches you, good things are going to happen. Let's see how he stretched the four people in our story. The midwives. Now, they've already done a courageous act of saving the babies, right? Then they got called into the principal's office. I mean, they got, anybody ever been called into the principal's office besides me? I mean, come on, be honest. Oh, shh, one honest hand on the front. Thank you. Oh, two. <laughs> they had to face the principal, so to speak. And he was even more powerful than a principal. And they had to come face to face with him as he said, Why did you disobey my order? And then after that, they had to continue to, to choose who they were going to fear, didn't they? Because he said, Okay, then throw all the babies in the Nile River. All of them, all the male babies into the Nile River. I no longer just put you in charge of this because you defied me. Now everybody knows that they have to throw the babies into the Nile River. We'll see what he does. God, that is. And Jochebed, she not only had to give birth to the male baby, hide the male baby, she did the one thing I'm not sure I could have done as a mother. Where are my mamas? Raise your hands. Okay, I'm in good company. Could you let him go? Could you put him in the basket, put him in the very river that had become the deathbed for many other babies, I'm sure? Could you let him go and trust God? And then there was the sister who the scripture begins to tell us she stood at a distance watching her baby brother in the, in the Nile River. But then she was stretched because she had to run up to Pharaoh's daughter. She had to approach her. Somebody that was in a higher position than her. Somebody that was of a different background of her. She was Hebrew and Pharaoh's daughter was not. And this could have put her in danger. And she had to be stretched to go and face that person and say, do you want me to do something? But she didn't know. See, I think sometimes we forget that we know the end of the story and we think we, yay, hooray, you know, the baby is good and Everything's great, and we forget that they didn't know. They had to act in what? In faith. And faith is in what we cannot see. Everything that they did in courage was through faith in God. They didn't know the outcome the way we know the outcome. So what do we do when we don't know the outcome? When we say, okay, Lord, we're going to be like these four women. We're going to start a ripple effect. We're going to create our own chain. We hold on to the scriptures. Our second scriptural encouragement comes from Isaiah 41, 12. I gave you 10, now I give you 12. And that says, those who attack you will come to nothing. For I hold you with my right hand. I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I will help you. Now, does that sound similar to the first one I gave you? You know why I did that? Because I love that God knows we are hard-headed. 
Two verses after the last verse, he had to tell somebody else the same thing twice, and I'm that way. And he repeats to us over and over again, don't be afraid, I'm going to stretch you. But if I stretch you, I will supply you. And that's going to be our next point. But I did tell you, I promised you that I would tell you what happens to Donna and I when we get stretched. And our scriptural encouragement comes from 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. And fifteen fifty-eight says, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. WMU women, where are you at? You work tirelessly. You work effortlessly. You give yourself day, week, Sunday after Sunday to missions. Sometimes it's hard. And we grow tired and we grow weary and we, we need some encouragement. And sometimes we get pressured to step away from what we're doing. And that's how Donna and I have felt in eight years of ministry. Sometimes it's great and other times it's really hard. And we say, you know what? God gave us this verse, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. And if my labor is not in vain, it means something good's going to happen to God. And if he strengthened me and called me to it to begin with and he stretched me through it to continue, he's going to supply me to do it because he wants the job to get done. Through him, each one of us will be supplied. He supplied every one of the women in this chain of courage in Exodus with what they needed. They needed strength. They needed courage. And he gave it to them. When Donna and I decided to do ministry, we decided to do an exercise ministry. And somehow I'm on this stage, not teaching exercise. But he supplied me with what I needed. Listen to our verse for our ministry out of 1 Peter 4.11. If anyone speaks, he should speak as one conveying the words of God. And if anyone serves, he should serve with the strength God supplies. Who's supplying me? The Lord. He will supply you, too, in what he calls you to do, whether it's to start a campus ministry, whether it's to do a Bible study in your workplace or in Starbucks, like, yes, Donna and I do, or in somebody's home that we've never been in that has invited us in. That's our pop-up Bible studies. He always supplies us an opportunity, and then he always gives us a word, and then he always gives us the strength to keep going, even through adversity. And we've seen our fair share. And he'll supply you too as he stretches you. He gives every single one of us the full armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that we all can put on the full armor of God to stand against evil schemes of the devil. Now, I don't think Pharaoh was being used by God, but I know that God can use anything To achieve his will. And I believe that the midwives had on their full armor as they stood against Pharaoh. And I believe Jochebed and Miriam did the same. And as they did it, they trusted in the God of Romans 15. How many of you will be honest enough? Because I know we have a lot of different age groups represented here. How many of you will be honest enough to say to me, sometimes I'm tired. I've served a long time. And sometimes I'm tired and I'm weary. I see a hand. And God says in Romans, 
In the book of Romans 15 and 5, I am the God of endurance and I am the God of encouragement. And I want you to grasp hold of that today if you are weary and tired. I want you to grasp hold of it. And I want you to say, God, I need your endurance. You're not done with me yet. And I need your encouragement to press forward in what you are calling me to do. He's never done with us. No matter how old we get. And we're never young to be, too young to be used either, young people in here. And that brings me to the last and my favorite After he strengthens us and stretches us and supplies us, he surprises us. All four of these women were surprised. The midwives received families of their own. And this seemed to be a very big deal because it's documented in Scripture. So I have to wonder, the things that we aren't told, I wonder if one of them longed for a family and didn't have one. And that was the way God chose to surprise them. Jochebed got paid to nurse her own baby. Now, I bet she just as soon not be paid, but she was, and I just think that's God giving a big old wink and saying, I see you. I see your courage. I'm going to supply you by bringing your baby back to you. I'm going to allow you to nurse him. You're either even going to get provision through it, and I'm going to protect you the whole time. And Miriam got to watch it all. It's great when our daughters get to watch the blessings flow from serving the Lord. Ephesians 3.20 tells us, this is your scriptural encouragement, that God will surprise us also. In Ephesians, we read that God can do more than we could ever ask or imagine. In fact, it says he can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. We can pray that in our lives. Lord, this morning I prayed, surprise me. When I go today and I speak for you, surprise me. Do more than I could ever ask or imagine. I had a friend that taught me to pray that prayer, and we prayed that prayer repeatedly before a women's conference. Women's came. We were pretty new to the women's conference scene, Donna and I. And we had 20 hearts won to the Lord that day. <sighs> More than I ever asked or imagined. I mean, we're a small church like you guys, and 20 hearts gave their life to Christ. Now, those 20 were no greater than the next women's conference where I got to actually embrace a woman as she gave her heart to the Lord and that was just one. He celebrates all. And for me, that was still exceedingly more than I could ask or imagine. And you can pray that prayer too as you step out in faith. We sang a song today. People need the Lord. Did you just sing it or do you believe it? I need the Lord. Donna needs the Lord. My family needs the Lord. My friends need the Lord. My community needs the Lord. Our country, our country needs the Lord, and the world needs the Lord. I want to tell you a little bit about my friend Treva. I kind of put Treva on the spot today because God didn't really lay it on my heart to bring her until this week. And Treva, the first time, I didn't ask you. When we were having breakfast earlier in the week, he told me to ask you, and I was like, no, it's too short a notice. 
God doesn't always let you off the hook. And um, he, just, he just kept it on my heart. Well, let me tell you about, uh, let me back up a little bit. Treva has um, been on foreign mission trips to Haiti. And uh, Treva, she may not even realize it, but the chain of courage that Treva became a Lincoln started with her daughter, Jill, her oldest, who, if I remember correctly, said, Mama, I want to go on a mission trip. And I remember years back, Treva talking with me about it and telling me the story. And she said, I thought to myself, this is going to be life-changing for my daughter. And I want to be there. I wanted to change my life, too. And so Treva was like, so I'm going to go, you know. And long story short, before it was all said and done on this first mission trip, Jill went, the oldest daughter. Treva went. Jessica went, the youngest daughter. Jack went, the baby boy. And Robert, head of the household, a little begrudgingly, went. That first link started with Jill, and their chain began to grow with just their family, right? I don't know. By the time it was all said and done, this is when I got invited into the chain of courage. They had to figure out a way to raise the funds. You went from sending one person to sending five people. Can you imagine how much it costs to get five people to Haiti? First, their family decided, we're being stretched, He'll supply us. We're going to go at Christmas. And all three kids said, it's okay that we don't get Christmas, so to speak, that year. And then they still had to raise more. And Treva was planning a worship concert. And I I called her or I texted her, I don't know which. And I said, Treva, God has told me that I'm supposed to speak at that event. Not sing. But Donna made me sing anyway because Donna had to be out of town. So I did it. I did it. I can do it when he asks me to. I said, Treva, he's telling me I'm supposed to speak. And and Treva opened that door for me to be able to deliver a message. Just like I'm delivering today, you guys are on mission whether you go or whether you're here and you're praying and you're giving, okay? I just want you to know that. And I know i got to move faster, and I see that y'all are all fanning and hot. I don't know where this heat came from today. It's like a heat wave. Um, But I got to step in and I got to deliver a message to encourage people in her church to support them through mainly prayer and then also through giving. Well, then I had this breakfast with Treva and I avoided God's prompt to bring her here. And then Treva put some pictures up on the computer, all these faces that you see on this board. And I looked at them. I had picked these cards up two years ago and sat them on my desk and done nothing with them other than to occasionally glance at them. And I looked at the pictures and I scrolled through them and I said, I know I'm supposed to sponsor one of these little boys. And I read, and Woody, eight years old, He wanted to be a king when he grew up. Now, my little boy's now 22. And he wanted to be the president at eight years old. Common ground. I didn't have to look for it. God gave it to me. And I said, God, he wants to be the king. I want him to know the king. And if I can do anything 
to find common ground with him and share that with him. I will. And now I get to help sponsor him. I got to become a link in the chain. And you can become a link in the chain also. You can come up and talk with Treva afterwards. And if nothing else, you can pray over these children in Haiti. I'm getting ready for your fourth trip. Getting ready for their fourth trip back. And um, I've got my passport. I haven't got my word from God yet, but I'll be open to it if he gives it to me. The neat thing is, is that when we had breakfast this morning, the chain grew again. As Donna said, her oldest girl, she wants to go to Haiti in December. She wants to be a part of the chain of courage that's winning people to Christ, that's taking care of their needs because he will supply us so we can supply others. Donna's going to come up and close this with a song today. I asked her to learn this song after I heard it on the radio, and I asked her to sing it because of the message it contains. The songwriter asks God to give him a vision, a vision, not just so he could see, but so he could see God's plan And then he admits one thing in the song. He says, I cannot stay the same. If you're here today, when Donna sings, I hope you'll ask God for a vision. I hope you will admit that you cannot stay the same. It's going to look different for all of us. For some of us, it's just speaking to somebody that looks different. For others of us, it is to pray for missionaries. For others of us, it's to go and to come back and to tell. What I want you to remember as Donna comes up is that as you say yes to him, he will strengthen you. He will stretch you. But what else will he do? Supply you and surprise you. See you anymore. 
Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this time that we've had to come together, Lord, today and just spend time in your house and your word. Lord, I ask that as we leave these doors, Lord, that you'll just ignite a fire in us so bright that people see something different in us. Lord, help us to choose to be different. Lord, help us to want to be different. Make us courageous. Lord, make your move in us. Be with us now as we go and depart from this place. And I, Lord, I pray that you will bring all these wonderful people back together, Lord. And I thank you for their heart for missions. First in your name that I pray. Amen. <laughs>